This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more podcasts at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Timey Wimey Podcast Hour. Yay. I'm Ronnie. I'm Austin. And, and I'm, I'm not tired this time. And I'm Shane. He didn't sound too enthused. He I'm said, sorry. yay. Well, I don't know. I can't really explain it because I'm excited. It's just, it's wibbly wobbly. Oh. Again. Because you didn't have any Doctor Who homework. Yeah. And, and now we'll, and, we're just flying yeah. by the seat of our pants, huh? Yeah. Yes, the one the one day I actually sit down and watch like four hours of Doctor Who. It's all the stuff we've already talked about. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> you see what? Oh yeah, yeah. We talked about that in the first episode, I think. Hey, this probably. Should. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're sucking hard tonight, people. Uh, yeah, we're having a rough go of trying to figure out something to talk about. Indeed, we are. We'll be all right. Oh, we'll 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 we'll, we'll stagger through. If not, we'll just do what we usually do and run, ramble and rant. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. So, uh, going over some interesting facts that people don't know about Doctor Who is that Tom Baker' signature scarf was created by accident. Yes. So, according to the legend, James Atkins, the series costume designer, is supposed to have provided several balls of yarn for the knitter to choose from to make a normal size scarf well instead she knitted the whole lot together just to make one gigantic scarf yes that's pretty interesting and, and peter capaldi used to be in a punk band with craig ferguson which who's like the second biggest doctor who nerd on the planet yeah so i was thinking about that then so tom baker's doctor signature thing is a scarf yes yes and jelly bellies yeah and I would say, like, Matt Smith's signature thing as the doctor would be his bow tie yeah. and fez. Or, or Stetson. Yeah, it's mostly the fez, though. Yeah. yeah. The fez so, always stuck out more than the... Well, he always wore a bow tie. Yeah. And sometimes they change color in one episode, like we sure. talked about. Actually, yeah. They changed a lot during different episodes, but that's why you always... You know, just now find out, you know, that's how you can tell you it was future doctor, old doctor, you know, present right. doctor, whatever. Yeah. Eccleston had his leather jacket. Eccleston had a leather yeah. jacket. Looked like a U-boat commander and, for World War Two. Kind yeah. of a dickish personality. So what well. So what would Capulti's signature thing be, you think? Sonic glasses? Probably. Yeah. That was the most worth that's like the second most worthless prop in the world. <laughs> or his guitar? Well, Actually, used the glasses more he did the guitar. Right. Stealing Hartnell's brandy from the artist. I would say Tenet would be the trench coat, right? Yeah. Or the red Chuck All Stars. 
Because yeah, he always had the suit and then the... And his sand shoes. Yeah, suit, 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 or, suit, or, suit. Or, or, I guess, Converse <laughs> All-Stars in general. Yeah, he always he always wore them. Always. Let's see. Sylvester McCoy had the question marks. Umbrella. Well, uh, umbrella. He had yeah. the umbrella, yeah. His, yeah. His goofy-looking hat. Yeah. Peter Troughton's big monster trademark was his Mo, Mo, Shim, uh, Mo Howard haircut. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> John Pertwee's was... The dapper Dan type oh, yeah. suit type the, thing had the frilly pirate shirt and the yeah and like the velvet jacket or something. Always like yeah. it wasn't really velvet, but it always looked like it. Yeah. <coughs> Peter Davidson always had the cricket outfit. And yeah. And then the was it broccoli or celery? So it might have been celery. A celery in his pocket jacket pocket there. Yeah, it was either, it was either that or pinned on one of the two. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, Colin Baker he always what did he always wear? Colin Baker's outfit was way out there. It was like psychedelic style because it was multicolored and. and, and he had everything. a long tail, like a well, like like, like a, a long it, tail. It had, it had tails, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah crazy yeah. ass multicolored coat and like green pants and yeah. And hey, the and the, and the, and the liner wow. and the and the and the cuffs on his coat matched his pants. Yeah. His umbrella was rainbow. He had a lot of hair back then. Yeah. More than he has. Well, I guess he's pretty old now. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how exactly how old Colin Baker is, but you know, he he fell victim to time. Time, like, yeah. Imagine that a time war fell victim to time. Oh, and I would say, I... besides being the first doctor, I would say that Hartnell's was probably his his tie, like his ascot thing that he had. Yeah, he had. And he had his jacket and, and, and like his, what is it, the double fisted. Double stand. Oh yeah. At his pose. Yeah, he always had both both hands on this inside of his jacket. Yep. Or the breast part of his jacket, rather. Let's see. A couple other things. Apparently, the sonic screwdriver exists, kind of. Kind of. Yeah. In uh, 2013, a team from Dundee University announced that it had developed the first mechanism for lifting and turning objects using ultra, an ultrasound field. Hey! A device with numerous possibilities and applications in science and surgery. Numerous or numerous? Numerous. Did I say numerous? You did say numerous, <laughs> sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, a group at Bristol University had developed a thing called the Sonot Weezer to manipulate and move particles. Well, that's kind of so cool. Sonot Weezer. That's what it, it probably is what it says. Yeah. Sonot <laughs> Weezer. Yeah. Which, Could you I imagine mean, being you... a scientist and you'd be like, go get the so what, the so no what Weezer? Yeah. The hell did it, dude? It's my first day. What am I supposed to grab? <laughs> See, I'm up. It's right next to the whatchamacallit wand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whatchamacallit wand. Yeah, see, Hardnell had kind of like a couple different outfits. Cause he, I mean, everything was the same except up to the pants. So, uh, I found that the Daleks were based on the Nazis. Yeah. And it says, by the creator, Terry Nation, who suggested their call of exterminate, their obsession with forcible eugenics, and their dedication to total conformity, the BBC designer... Raymond Kusick, meanwhile, came up with the distinctive pepper pot shape and the zapper with its sinister stormtrooper salute and the Dalek invasion of Earth in 
66. The Daleks roll into London and turn Britain's stout inhabitants into mind-controlled brain-swapped Robo-Men, a stark nod back to the once possibility of an Axis invasion of Britain. Or, three of the actresses who played the Doctor's companion went on to become agents and all of them ended up representing actors who played the Doctor. Ain't that just an interesting... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Calm or, down, boys. <laughs> or, or Doctor Who's real and Torchwood created the show as a cover-up. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, you never know. And we all know that... <clears throat> Palti was a teenage super fan, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if we all know that, but now we all know well, that. We all know it now, by God. <laughs> because he called the sh- called and wrote the show, the BBC Office. I think we he, he wrote him so much, this. they pretty much told him to piss off. Yeah. yeah. I was sure we talked about it. We probably did. <laughs> We're rerunning ourselves. Yeah. Oh, well, it's going to happen. Who's Ron Mundy? <laughs> And then we talked about that uh, Tom Baker wants advertised computers. They had to advertise a sponsor. That's cool. I'm pretty sure we did. Because it was in 1980, and at that time, the computers were pretty futuristic at that point. Well, yeah. I I can remember when computers were still pretty futuristic. Yeah. It says here that the Doctor's last anniversary special wasn't exactly a success. So, to celebrate the series' 30th anniversary, the BBC assembled the four remaining Doctors, which was John Pertwee, Tom Baker, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy, and had them battling the Ranny alongside the cast of the EastEnders in 3D. In 3D, by God. Yeah. With aged future versions of Pauline Fowler and... Kathy Beale, a hilariously mistaken identity joke involving Dr. Leg and a rip or in a ripe dialogue as pickled in time. That's great. That's just plum silly. Yeah. But it was for like a children in need type thing. So it makes it excusable, I guess, but not really. So apparently Doctor Who has changed the English language says here, over the years, the Oxford English Dictionary has made space between its August e-covers for several whoisms. Dalek, now sometimes used elusively, the e uh, the OED informs us. Huh. Uh, that's what the article says. Yeah. And it says, was the first one, it's a word Terry Nation claimed to have made us, or made up on the spot, only later discovering that it meant far off in Croat. TARDIS also has an entry, which some would sorry I'm like stutter butters, which explains with magic er, majestic <laughs> sovereignty. You want to just read this? No, go for it. You're doing fine. No, I'm not. Kinda. Sobriety, the acronym from time and relative space dim- relative dimensions and space before embarking on an. I'm not reading all of this. On an exhaustive definition of the word's extended significance, <laughs> I think Come on, it has, la- has a larger capacity than its outward <laughs> appearance suggests. A building, etc., that is larger on the inside than it appears on the outside. B, a thing seemingly from another time, past or future. So, oh, you, apparently Cybermen is in it too. So when you go to school, you can be like, dude, quit being a Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> 
Cybermen uh, gave the word the cyber prefix to denounce futuristic technology, though OED, what Oxford English Dictionary, doesn't buy that. Dating cybernetics from 1948, the theory of or study of communication and control in living organisms or machines, and cyborg, cybernetic plus organism, from 1960, poor Cybermat, it, t- it tried so hard. You got anything interesting there, Sean? Yeah. Here's ten. Here's ten facts about uh, Cassandra. Okay. All right. She claims her father was a Texan and her mother was from an Arctic desert, but she also talks about when she was a little boy. When the doctor first meets her, she had 708 operations, resulting in her looking like a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> so wait. So like the first one, her father was a Texan. Uh huh. And their mother was from an Arctic desert. Yeah, that's what it yeah. says. So what is an Arctic desert? Well, that's like an oxymoron, right? Yeah. Because deserts are really hot and yeah. having no water, and then Arctic is frozen water. <laughs> or is desert devoid of life. Yeah. And yeah. nothing's nothing really completely Then, then that kind of yeah. makes sense, since the Arctic is supposedly devoid of life. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. It says, Sorry. when she's disguised as Rose, Cassandra carries a bottle of perfume filled with spray that knocks people out. Huh. Cassandra has surprisingly good knowledge of computers. But she just can't type. Yeah. <laughs> she loves band technology, including transportation and psychografting. A side effect of all Cassandra's cosmetic surgery is the constant need for special moisturizer. Yes. Moisturize me. Moisturize me. And that's now a meme. Nobody knows her precise age, but Cassandra says she don't look a day over 2,000. When Cassandra jumps into other people's bodies, she can tap into their emotions and feelings. She was married at least five times, and there are uncontrolled unconfirmed rumors about her early life including her career as an actress and an involvement in the deaths of many of her husbands shocker on that yes a real black widow yeah that's a shocker marvel and doctor who confirmed connection what nothing it was a stupid joke leave me alone (laughs) nothing to see here move along (laughs) nothing to see here move along what's another one there well I'm a looking this here's just a like a Doctor Who trivia deal. <clears throat> Apparently, see this one doesn't even priests are Hoovens too. That's what it says. What? Yeah, because uh, because one of them trained to be a priest, one trained to be a monk. Well, it says Is that was that they're talking about. Oh, it's uh, talking about in St. Paul's Church in Cardiff held a Doctor Who themed service to nah. draw younger people into church. Just like how we do it now with Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yes. Huh. And Elizabeth Sladen wasn't really supposed to play Sarah Jane Smith. The actress April Walker was originally cast in the role of Sarah Jane Smith, the Doctor's third companion. She was given a contract and began rehearsals with John Pertwee, but soon became apparent that the pair did not have the chemistry. Uh, Sladen received the role after a recommendation from a BBC producer. And the first time that she met Pertwee, they could tell that they were both good together. Yes. Well, that's better than being like, okay, well, we're going to have your contract. But since we contracted you, but you guys suck on camera. Yeah, we'll see. We'll just see what happens. Oh, I can understand that. Yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. Not really, but... Well, been there, been there, seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Let's see. What? Well, I'm just waiting for I'm you to trying chime to in. Find something. No, you're. 
texting and playing on your phone. I was not playing on my phone. Did you see number eight on that list? Dude, I'm like at 47. Okay. You want me to bring it up? Go for it. Tom Baker joined a monastery at the age of 15 and, quote, I was an affectionate boy in in those days, Mm -hmm. and I was quite willing to show God some of that was what he fancied. (laughs) Literally, word for word from the (laughs) article. Baker Mm -hmm. observed dryly in his autobiography, Who on Earth is Tom Baker? Quote, For a time, it was all worthwhile just to be in a frock. But after eight years, the bloom was off the rose, as Baker relates in some hair-raising passages. Vicious discipline, fumbling in the dark, chanting every morning. Quote, Some mornings, I suspected I could hear God tutting at the indignity of it all. End quote. He ended up polishing floors and washing pots until a visiting priest encouraged him to be honest about his loss of faith. Baker left the monastery after six years. Quote, I fell full of optimism. End quote. He wrote, quote, full (laughs) of hope that I could at least get out of God's clutches, sign up with the devil, and get on the old harmless path to pleasure even if it did lead to hell. Half Nelson, full Nelson, Father Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, the sonic screwdriver was hated by the production crew. So, you gotta listen to that every day. Well, it didn't make no noise, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that ended, you know, post production. So then it was written out of the show in 1982, but then Russell T. Davis revived it. In well, 2005. So that's kind of a reason why we didn't see... Because McCann didn't have one. No. Well, he had it for like, what, two or three minutes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, that long. Yeah. Yeah, not very long. Yeah. Not very long. And then we already talked about how the Daleks didn't almost make it into the revived series. Yeah. Because yeah. of the copyright dispute. So, like, once a season... They have to show up at least in one season. At least. And then, uh, I don't know if we mentioned it. Um, part of our, ep- part of this episode is sponsored by Audible. Audible! Where, actually, there's Doctor Who Audible books out. And some of them are narrated by Catherine Tate and David Tennant. Interesting. And so... Uh, if you go to nerdylegion.com, click on the Audible link, you not only get one free book that you can keep forever, you get two free books. Two! And two's better than one. Yeah. So even if you... Was this a lobotomy? <laughs> <laughs> so even if you decide not to stay with Audible, which is like, uh, I think it's $14 a month, you still get to keep your free books. So I use it because I listen to podcasts a lot or books a lot so i recommend it and if you're do a lot of commute and don't like listening to music or listen to podcasts i'd or give people. audible a try sounds like a winner it does literally sounds like a winner yes <clears throat> trying to find more more interesting facts but but you're failing I see. I, 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 I see. very well sir have we talked about the time lords have a need to eat nope oh, it says here Doctor Who has inspired many odd item, but a few left field as a cookbook. Tra- Chris Rachel Oslin's Dining with the Doctor, the unauthorized Whovian cookbook, contains a recipe for each 
uh, each episode of the series since the 2005 reboot and had no fewer than 18 adult beverages. Other recipes include open-faced Dalek Ironsides, cinnamon pull-apart egg crack in the wall, and chicken and oud soup. Hmm. Oud. Oud. Soup. Well, then, you know, they have to have, like, fish sticks and custard in there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Probably the number one one. Yeah. It's probably the best-selling item on the list. Probably. It sounds pretty disgusting. <laughs> chicken oud soup. What is it? Chicken, and then you got the floating little tendrils in their mouth. Yeah. As the noodles. Hell you got the yeah. little white ball. Their brain. Well, we already talked about. I, I know we talked about this one, but it took six years for the BBC to trademark the TARDIS. Yes. Because it was a blue. Police box. T- police box. Yeah, they were fighting all the time with the cops. So, but once they did. Yeah, good luck trying to find actual official plans to build one from the BBC. Well, right. And and it finally happened in 2002, which police boxes were starting to get scarce Phased then. Out, yeah. But since they were trademarked by BBC, then the police had to change the colors from blue to red and make it emergency boxes instead. Yeah. And the, poli- and the police had to pay them 850 pounds. Isn't that what it is over there? Across the pond? Yeah. Well, it's pounds, yeah. Pounds, yeah. Which is about $1,200. Yeah. Yep. 1200 bucks. This is all trivia crap. Yeah. And we already talked about past episodes that had future doctors or companions in it. Yeah. Because Compulty and Karen Gillan was in the fires of Pompeii. Did we yes. talk about that the sound of the TARDIS was created on the cheap with a bunch of keys? No. Keys rubbing on the piano string. Really? Yeah. Necess- yeah. Necessity was the mother of invention in the early days of Doctor Who, and so it was that the distinctive sound of the TARDIS materializing came to be invented using house keys. Brian Hodgson, I, I probably just butchered the shit out of that name, but of the BBC... Radiophonic workshop dragged the keys across the bass strings of an old piano and played the resulting sound backwards. Whoa. So that's what we're going to do. Really? We're going to go get a piano. And who's going to carry that piano? Maybe we'll just... uh, (laughs) Sneak into a house with a piano? No, because then we'll get in trouble. Makes sense. But, like, when Sydney has soccer or whatever, we can go into the school, into the music room, and use our car keys. Make our own. Yeah. I don't even know if they have pianos anymore. I haven't gone into the music rooms. I know the one in the middle school does have a piano. I know, because I had to learn how to play the piano. How'd that work out? Uh, We just learned the basic keys, and that was all right. You could play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah. Mary Had a Little Lamb. Chopsticks. Chopsticks, yeah. Ding, 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 dong, 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 dong. <laughs> Did you know that the doctor's been married three times? Yes. Can you name them? River, Marilyn Monroe, and Queen Elizabeth the first. That is correct. I just read that with a minute ago. Oh. <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> I just read that one. So. Uh, what? Well, uh, so we've, we've seen him marry Queen Elizabeth, and we've seen him marry River. Yeah. But we hadn't seen a... Well, because I remember... A Maryland one, though, have we? It was in the Day of the Moon, or something like it. Was it? The Day of the Astronaut, you know, whatever the moon. 
because yeah, they, they went back and he, they was at the party with Marilyn Monroe. And he came back and said, I think I just married Marilyn Monroe or something crazy or got engaged to Marilyn Monroe. Was that with Matt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was one of the astronaut ones back when he was in the 60s or something. Bounced back and forth through time or something. Okay. If I remember right. Apparently, the BBC fought the law for the right to make t- uh, TARDIS cookie jars. It says, when the Time Lord took on the Metropolitan Police... There could be only one winner. And in 2002, after a six-year battle, the patent office declared that the exterior design of the TARDIS could be patented by the BBC. I mean, that's basically when they patented it for, for, for yeah. the TARDIS from yeah. the police boxes. Yeah. Apparently. And then apparently. apparently they get to, that means they get to put it wherever the hell they please. Yeah. So I, th- I thought it was just, no, you can't put that on a cookie jar because it's our cookie jar <laughs> type of situation. Can't make everybody happy. Everybody wants a piece of the dollar. Yep. Or the pound, or if the you pound. will. Yes. Fun fact, Matt Smith is the youngest doctor ever. Yep. That is a pretty fun and fact. not everybody loves the Sonic Screwdriver. <laughs> I don't know why. It's got to be one of the coolest sci-fi props ever made. Including the phaser? So, I think I'd rather have a lightsaber than the Sonic Screwdriver. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm talking like in general. You know, I'm not trying to pick one over the other. Cause, Makes you know, sense. The, uh, you know, they've each got their own strengths and weaknesses, you know. Yeah. So, 14 actors have played the Doctor. Yeah. Well, the 14th would be Jody, right? Well, it'd be 12... She's yeah, the thirteenth. It'd be fourteen with William Hurt and Paul McGann. Well, they actually count him again as like eight or nine. Yeah, they count. Yeah. they count him as eight. Okay, yeah, we're we're good. <clears throat> right. Yep. But it it says that Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor, is the uh, holds the longest record for the longest run from nineteen seventy four to nineteen eighty one with one hundred and seventy two episodes. Well, he earned his money. Yeah. And see, in here, I thought Tenet, <coughs> Tenet's run was the longest one. Well, the the new series. <coughs> well, but they're counting that, so. Well, I'm sure they counted the new series. But, but, yeah, it, but it, just episodes-wise and not just years, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. Because technically, McCoy would hold the longest because his was like from 84 or 85 or whatever to 96. Until the movie. Dang. But, yeah, but, but he didn't have regular episodes come out either, like every season or whatever. Yeah, I'm not, I, like I said, I, I can't remember back then because I'm old. <laughs> Apparently, one of the show's original creators was not happy about the Daleks. Says yeah. That, did we already cover this? Well, we talked, I think we talked about it a little bit in the, in the, one of the earlier episodes. Okay, then. But, I mean, you can rehash it again. Some people might not want to go into the archives of, like, episode three and re-listen to it. Sidney Newman, the BBC's then head of drama and one of Doctor Who's original creators, was very specific about one thing he did not want to see in the series. Being a real aficionado of science fiction, I hated stories which used bug-eyed monsters, otherwise known as B-A-M-S. That is what he recalled. And he said, I write in my memo that there would be no B-E-M-S in Doctor Who. And after a few episodes, producer Verity Lambert turned up with the Daleks. I balled her out for it, but she said, honest, Sydney, that's not enough. That's not the. They're not big-eyed monsters. They're human beings who are 
so advanced that their bodies have atrophied. Atrophied. And, yeah, that. And they need these casings to manipulate and do the things they want. Of course, the Daleks took off and captured everyone's imagination. Some of the best things I have ever done are the thing I never wanted to do. And it also says that only seconded to Batman, the Doctor has the most gadgets. How is he second to Batman? I don't know. How many bat-related items could Batman own? Everything's a bat something. <laughs> yeah. Bat, bat toilet. Bat, bat, <coughs> yeah, bat toilet paper. The bat... Bat shark repellent. Yeah, bat shark repellent. The bat surfboard. <laughs> a bat re. Yeah. You guys got anything else? Well, let's see what we got here. Doctor Who. Eight traits with... Doctor... Awesome. Doctor Who Awesome. This hints Doctor Awesome. <coughs> Which would be... His quirky yet practical style. Matt blah, blah, blah. Next page. Never mind. It's not all on one page. Matt Smith auditioned for Sherlock a week before auditioning for Doctor Who. Yeah. And Benedict Cumberbatch, Sherlock, declined to be Doctor Who. Yeah. It could have all been different. Yeah. It could have all been different. So, according to this, Peter Capaldi's costume, or his gear was inspired by david bowie i, I could kind of see that oh yeah like early david bowie i can kind of see that and we also already mentioned that hugh grant and Catherine zeta jones turned down roles to be in the doctor i couldn't see Catherine zeta jones right Catherine zeta jones can do whatever she wants to do no she can't she can't be in the doctor i can I, I, i'd be okay with whatever she did oh Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Oh my. Ood my. Ood oh, my, God. yes. <laughs> no, my Daleks. I wish I could have got Kay to say that in a damn soundbite. Well, just two that day, that morning, I saw him when oh. I went down to get, to get coffee and stuff, and he was on the bridge going over to do something in his jammies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to pester him, you know, like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The man was still in his pajamas. Yeah. Two jammy, was it 12 jammy dodgers? Yes, 12 jammy dodgers. And a fez. And a fez. And a pot of coffee. <laughs> and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Including a Stetson. You guys got anything else? We'll I, wrap this one up. Let's wrap this one up. We're just we're just boring people to death now. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We'll do better Ram- next week. Rambly bambly. Yeah, this is the rambly bambly hour. Hey, <laughs> at least we had a whole episode where we stayed on topic. Yeah. Yeah. Which was no topic. Yeah, because all three of us had our phones, our phones on our face, and reading just, yeah, trying to figure out stuff. Yep. <laughs> this is the behind the scenes episode. Yeah. Well, it probably will be a special episode anyway. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be special, all right. Special, <laughs> special Olympic something. I don't know, man. Well, I'm on the Twitter machine at Rombar316. I'm at I'm Shadowman3166. And I'm at Shaney Who. And the show is at Timey Wimey Hour. Alon Z. Alon Z. Geronimo. Okay, you used to be me. You've done all this before. What happens next? I don't remember. How can you forget this? Hey, hang on. It's not my fault. You're obviously not paying enough attention. Reverse the polarity. Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols.
I demand to be incarcerated in the tower immediately with my co-conspirators, Sand Shoes and Grandad. Grandad? They're not Sand Shoes. <laughs>